I think is, uh, you know, it's not just an ordinary passage you would preach out of. In fact, I said in the beginning, let me just preach out of something like Psalm 23 or Romans 8 or 1 Corinthians 13. But the Lord kept bringing me to Haggai. And so you'll have to turn there in the Old Testament. Haggai chapter 2, we're going to look at verses 1 through 9 today. A little background on this book, if you know what it's about. It, um, in 586, the nation of Judah had gone into slavery in Babylon. And so they had been carried away. And there, as they were carried away, they endured uh, their time in Babylon. But soon after, in 539, the Persians overtook the Babylonians. And Cyrus, the king of the Persians, said, Anybody that wants to return for worship can return for worship. And guess what? Only about 10% of them did. Uh, there was not this mass exodus to leave uh, the exile that they were a part of and to go back and return to worship again. And so a small number of people regathered there, and even those that regathered were not motivated to do the work. They had regathered in Jerusalem, but they were not motivated to continue building the kingdom of God where they were at. So, from 539 to 520, they sat there and worked on their own houses, but they did not rebuild the temple of God. Why did they not rebuild the temple? Because they looked back and they said, it's not what it used to be. It's different than it was. It's not the same. And so, because it's not the same, we're paralyzed here where we're at. But in 520, God raised up a prophet who preached just very brief messages uh, all in succession. In fact, his whole ministry lasted one year. You know what year that was? I bet you can't guess. 520. So I just named this message the Roaring Twenties. <laughs> because they are coming about. And so in 520, Haggai rises up. His first message he preached in chapter 1, uh, the kicker of that whole sermon was verse 4. He said, Is it a time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses while this house lies in ruins? You are paying attention to your kingdom, but you're not paying attention to the kingdom of God. It's time to put the hammer in your hand. It's time to get busy doing the Lord's work here in this kingdom. And evidently he was successful. Because the people gathered together and they began to rebuild the temple. Do you know how long that lasted? Between chapter 1 and chapter 2? One month. They were at it for one month and the people got so discouraged they were ready to give up. Why? Because things didn't look the same. Things were different than they were before. We remember the old days. We remember the glory days. Uh, where this place was filled with worshipers. We remember, we remember when this was filled with gold and silver and when this was something to look at. But look at it now. So let's not even put our hand to the plow. Let's not even do the work. And they were discouraged. That's when he preached his second sermon. And that's the one that we look at today. It says in verse 1, In the seventh month, on the 21st day of the month, the word of the Lord came by the hand of Haggai, the prophet. Speak now to Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Jehoshadak, the high priest, and to all the remnant of the people, and say, and here's what his message did. 
It first of all showed them the causes of discouragement. I believe in many of our churches, there are people who are discouraged. There are a lot of us pastors that are discouraged. Things don't look the way they did. There may be even some denominational workers who are a little discouraged because things don't look exactly as it did before. So what are the causes of discouragement? first one I see in this passage is there was a preoccupation with the past. A preoccupation with the past. Verse 3, it says, Who is left among you who saw this house in its former glory? Who among you saw this temple before we ever even started rebuilding it? And some did, because if you were in your 70s and you saw that temple in that day before they began this rebuilding project, and so those who had saw the temple in its early glory were discouraging those who had not seen it that way. And they were saying, well, it'll never measure up. It'll never compare. And part of our problem is when we start comparing works of God, let God be God of this day. Let God be God of what He's doing here right now. Don't just fit Him into a box of what He's done in the past. And so there are those who are preoccupied with the past. Who is left among you who saw this house? Everybody in this room and on Zoom, uh, we all have seen uh, our churches in better places. But just because we have doesn't mean that's where we live. Uh, we've got to believe and trust that God is doing a new thing. And God is what He is doing is going to be great and for His glory. Warren Wiersbe said, The past is a rudder to propel you, not an anchor to drag you. And it can, be a, it can be an anchor if we're always saying, well, this is the way it's always been. In fact, every church I've ever pastored was stuck in the present because they were always looking at the past. First church I got to, they only had 50 members I was so happy to be there, Pastor. I was right out of seminary, still working on my dissertation. But when I got there, they, all they could talk about was days when they had 700. Well, the church had split seven years before that. They only had 50 people. And, if they, and what I had to lead them through was, we cannot live in the glory days. We've got to live in the God days, the days of right now, what He's doing among us. And so as we did, God began to move and work. I saw that also in the church I just came from. Uh, we had 500 when I got there, and all they could talk about were the days of 1,200 when you had two services and couldn't find a seat, and uh, God was moving, and people were getting saved, and there were a day, was a day when that church had been in the top ten in the Southern Baptist Convention for baptisms, and the year before I got there, they baptized 25 people. And they were discouraged. Why were they discouraged? Because they were living in the past. So we helped them work through that to see that God's not finished with us. God's taking us through a new day. And, and as we are, hey, there are some among us who have seen the former glory of God. But we're not living for the former glory of God. Uh, we're living for the latter glory. Which we all know what that's going to look like. And so we keep putting the hand to the plow. He asked them two questions in verse 3. He says... How do you see it now? That's a very important question for you, for me, for pastors, for lay leaders, for churches. How do you see the church now? 
Have we changed just because circumstances have changed? Or is our mission the same? Is our calling the same? Is God's supply, the Spirit, the same? Then why be discouraged in this day that we're living in? He asked another question. Is this nothing in your eyes? Is it nothing to you that we are rebuilding the temple of God? It may not be what it was in Solomon's day. But let, listen, it's going to be a place where God shows up and where God dwells. And so is it nothing, he said, in your eyes? One of the causes of discouragement is preoccupation with the past. A second cause is surrendering your strength. Giving up your strength. Surrendering your strength. I mean, three times in this one verse, verse 4, he says, be strong. Three times. He emphasizes that. He says, first of all, yet now, be strong, O Zerubbabel, declares the Lord. That's the political leaders. Now is not the day for weak leaders. Now is the day for godly leaders to stand up and lead as God has placed it upon them to lead. Uh, he says it again. Be strong, O Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest. Be strong, religious leaders. Be strong, political leaders. Be strong, religious leaders. God has put a calling on your life. God has called you to this place to have influences over the churches of our convention. And you have the opportunity to do that. It's not the time to be discouraged. It's the time to move ahead. And so don't surrender over your strength. And then he looks at the people and he says, Be strong, all you people of the land, declares the Lord. Work, he says, for I am with you. You are not alone. You are not by yourself. Herein lies the problem. We sometimes look at ourselves and say, I am weak. I don't have strength. But listen, that's the good place to be. Because when you realize you don't have strength, you start trusting in His strength. The words of Stephen Curtis Chapman, His strength is perfect when our strength is gone. His strength is perfect when our strength is gone. And so... Be strong in the Lord and realize that He has this calling in our lives. And realize that even in isolation, even in social distancing, you are not alone. He said to them, I am with you. I'm walking this step with you. I'm walking this journey with you. God desires for His glory to spread to the nations as Brett sang about in the song. And listen, the calling is too great to start trying to do it in our strength. And so we have a gift right now. We can rely on His strength because we don't have much of our own. And we can know that God is up to something good. So a third thing that I see in this passage that caused discouragement is not facing your fears. Not facing your fears. Look at verse 5. He says, According to the covenant that I made with you when you came out of Egypt, my spirit remains in your midst. So, here it is, fear not. Do not be afraid, he says. Do not let fear have a place in your life. Do not let fear rule over you. You have a calling from God to build a temple to His glory. And so don't be ruled by fear in your life. Why? You say, how can we not be ruled by fear? We're scared. If we go to the grocery store, if you go to the grocery store in Clinton, everybody's there. There's only one. You know, and so you're, you're around all kinds of people who probably have the virus. And so you're going to let fear rule your life. Certainly you don't want to be foolish. You don't want to just throw caution to the wind. 
But neither do you want to let fear reign and rule in your life. He said, don't let fear rule because I have a covenant with you. You see that first part of verse 5? He said, I made a covenant with you according to the covenant that I made with you when you came out of Egypt. I entered into covenant with the people of God in the time of Moses, and he said, I am going to finish what I started. So you don't have to be afraid. Listen, if that covenant of Moses was good, how about the covenant we're living under? How about the covenant of Jesus Christ? How about the covenant of the blood of the cross? Yes, it is enough. And there is no reason to be afraid. He also said, not only have I entered a covenant with you, but he said that, that my spirit is, is with you. He said, for I am with you. He said, and then he said it again, my spirit remains in your midst. You are not doing this by yourself. How does a bunch of slaves lead, uh, leave Persia and come to Jerusalem and know how to build a temple? Because they have the spirit of God within them. God will use those who will yield to His Spirit. If you fear God, you don't have to fear man. If you fear God, you don't have to fear circumstances. And so fear doesn't have to rule and reign. But the better question for today is how do you overcome discouragement? Because discouragement comes. I mean, I've been there. I've been preaching to a camera for three months and wondering who in the world out there is listening. How do you overcome discouragement? Two things that I see in this passage very clearly. First thing is this. Embrace the earthquake. Embrace the earthquake. I mean, look at what he says in verse 6. For thus says the Lord of hosts, yet once more in a little while, I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land. God says, I am coming and I am going to shake things up. In the words of Jerry Lee Lewis, there's a whole lot of shaking going on in our world today. I mean, it's all around us. And we see things shaken up and we're very tempted to say, these things that are being shaken up, they're not of God. These things are outside of God's control. But what really is outside of God's sovereignty? What really is outside of His control? Uh, this shaking that's going on can be a good thing if we embrace what God is doing in our new world. Our staff is fairly new. In fact, the pulpit committee asked me, are you one of those preachers going to come in and clean house? And I said, no. I'm going to work with the staff that I have. And I met the staff and I love the staff. And then I got there and they all retired. <laughs> and so I spent the better part of a year uh, trying to hire people. Uh, that was the first year. And then the second year I've spent trying to deal with COVID. Uh, it's an interesting time. There's a lot of shaking going on. Our staff is so new, we don't even have John Maxwell credits to our name. Uh, we, we are so new that we didn't even get a honeymoon period before COVID came. That's where we're at as a church. But I remember that first staff meeting after uh, COVID hit. And we were sitting in this room together and uh, we are wondering where do we proceed from here. And I came in that day and I said to our staff, and I, these words come back, and I confirmed them with Nathan this morning. Uh, I said, this is not the time to back up. This is not the time to, to look back at the way it was. 
This is the time to move forward. God still called us to ministry, and we are going to find new ways to minister if we have to. And boy, have we found some new ones. We filmed the midweek moment, which people have received very well. We've taken gift cards to people who've lost their jobs, not asked them if they could use it. Just go up and say, we heard you lost your job. Here's something to help you to get through. We found four C's in our community that was helping people to be able to pay power bills and pay rent. And we went down and took them a check for $15,000 and said, here, take this and use it. They are down to $3,000 left of that. Every other bit of that has gone to help housing and utility bills in Clinton. Uh, we've had the opportunity to baptize people online. We have seen giving not go backwards. We are actually ahead by $80,000 of where we were this time last year. It is not the time to go backwards. It is the time to move forward and to see that the kingdom of God must be built. And you are the carpenters and you are the workers. And, and if, if you don't step forward, then who will? Who will step forward and build this kingdom of God. So I would say embrace the earthquake. We can't change it anyway. We're not going to be able to do anything about that. This is the world we live in. We wear a mask to church. Uh, that's the world we live in. So let's embrace uh, what is going on in our world and let's see ministry as going forward. The second thing I would encourage you to do if you get a little discouraged is to look for the latter glory. Look for the latter glory. In verse 7 he says, I will shake all the nations so that the treasures of all the nations shall come in. And I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, declares the Lord of hosts. The latter glory of this house shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place I will give shalom. I will give peace declares the Lord of hosts. I would encourage you to be one who always looks not at the former glory, but as one who is always looking for the latter glory. We have read the book. We know how it ends. We know that Jesus is coming. We know what He's prepared for those of us who know Him. We know the glory of heaven. We can read about it in Revelation chapter 21 and chapter 22. And we know what is in store for us. And I am here to tell you that the former glory that we go back to compares in no way to, to the latter glory that we are expecting in the future. Always believe that the best days of ministry are ahead, not behind you. The day you believe they're behind you is the day you need to retire. The day you need to pack it in and find another job. Because looking ahead is to look and to see, guess what? We have the latter glory to look forward to. And we're working for that kingdom. We're working for the kingdom of God to come and be among us. Everyone today seems to be predicting the demise of churches. Everyone today is predicting the demise of denomination. If you listen to the Christian experts, you get discouraged very quickly. But I say if you back up, that's what happens. But if you embrace the shaking, if you start looking for the latter glory, God can, God can take dead bones on a field and make them rise. And God can and will do His work. He says, listen, if you will embrace 
this earthquake, if you will uh, look to the latter glory, then he says, here's what I will give to you. I will give to you shalom. Shalom is so much bigger than just peace. It's well-being. It's a sense of satisfaction. It's a sense of peace that we feel knowing that God has done a work through us. There have been times in this whole COVID situation that I said, Lord, please don't let us return to normal. Please don't let us return to normal. We're looking to latter glory. We're not there yet. But God and His Spirit and His covenant can take us there. Spurgeon, preaching on this very passage, said this. He said, Satan is always doing his utmost to stay the work of God. He hindered these Jews from building the temple. And today, he endeavors to hinder the people of God from spreading the gospel. A spiritual temple is to be built for the Most High. And if by any means the evil one can delay its uprising, he will, stick, he will stop at nothing. If he can take us off from working with faith and courage for the glory of God, he will be sure to do it. But you've got a covenant. And you've got the Spirit of God living in you. May one day, Mississippi Baptists look back and say, those were our best days. Not in the sense of they're our glory days, but God started a new work in our churches. I believe it can happen. I believe it will happen. And I'm praying you join me and I join you in that endeavor. Would you pray with me for a moment? Lord, thank You so much for the Roaring Twenties. Both the ones that Haggai faced and the ones we face today. God, I pray for each of the workers in this building. I thank You for them. I thank You for their wisdom. I thank You for their talent. I thank You for their ability. I thank You for the calling that You've put upon their lives to build a spiritual temple. A place where the gospel goes forth each and every week from our state all the way around the world. God, I pray that these days would not cause us to go backwards. God, may You come and dwell here with Your people. May we sense and trust that Your Spirit is leading us all the way. And Lord, I pray that You will help us not to get discouraged. And when we do, God, I pray that we would embrace the times that we're living in. God, I pray that we would look ahead and read the end of the story. God, show us Your glory. God, show us what You can do. We've seen enough of what we can do. God, we want to know what You can do. And God, I pray that whatever needs are present in this room today, those watching by Zoom today, God, that those needs would be met by Your riches and glory. I pray for the prayer requests that we've seen as we entered in today for pastors and pastors' wives and churches and church members who are going through difficult times. God, I pray that You would be near to them. I pray for our neighbors on either side in Louisiana and in Alabama and Florida for the losses that they've experienced through this hurricane. 
We continue to pray for the losses our own people uh, encountered as a tornado came through our state earlier. We pray, God, that You would meet those needs according to Your riches and glory. God, we just pause here for this moment to embrace this time to know, God, that You have plans. That Your ways are not our ways. And that's okay. We pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.